With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It's wonderful that you could join me. I have a lovely guest with me today as we are branching out, as I've said, and I'd like to speak, you to speak to Megan. Hello, Megan. How are you doing? I am good. I'm good. I am immediately going to tell you that my name is pronounced Megan. It's is Australian. It, <laughs> I'm very sorry. I have a niece, you see. It's the same name, and her name is Megan. So, I get it all the time. Megan, I would imagine. <laughs> so I must apologise for that. Megan. That's okay. <laughs> happy to, happy to have a chat. I'm very excited to sort of just ask you a thousand questions probably that's absolutely <laughs> fact you'll probably find that i'll ask you quite a few as well because i'm incredibly interested in the subject i just don't have a great knowledge of it i've, I've spent so much time doing the bigfoot and the creatures and the cryptids mm -hmm. that i've kind of narrowed down my focus mm -hmm. but i promised myself a long time ago that if the evidence shall we say it like that led yeah. me in a different direction that I would follow my gut and I would probably follow that. And that, for the past 18 months, it has very much changed for me. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, very, very much. Um, and I know most people think I only go down the flesh and blood route, and I believe that it is a hominid. But I have witnesses to creatures that also include uh, crafts, lights, okay. missing time, wow. abductions, very, very similar um, stories. Uh, miss, as I say, missing time. Some of them wake up in areas where they originally were not. And I want to be able to help them as well. Yeah. And I thought the best way to do that would be to start communicating with people in the know. And yeah. obviously we can help each other as we go. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So if well, you could tell everybody what your speciality is. Certainly. So um, my name is Megan Deverson and uh, I'm just coming up to two years ago. I created a podcast. Uh, growing up, I was so fascinated by cryptozoology. Um, also very interested. Anything mysterious, anything weird, yeah. anything outside of the norm, but cryptozoology. I've always had a love of animals, just like normal animals. And yeah. The idea that there's animals out there that people have overlooked or people have just considered a fake because they sound a bit weird. Yeah. There are so many bizarre normal animals that yeah. some of these cryptozoological creatures could possibly be real. I mean, they should not be discounted. So two years ago, I, um, I thought I should do something about it. I love research. I'm very good at research. And mm. I thought, why, why, instead of sitting at like 4am on my computer absorbing knowledge why not put that knowledge out there why not share yeah. with people uh I would say I'm, I'm a little bit gullible a bit more of a believer I'm yeah. quick to believe but I'm also open-minded I'm happy to yeah not just ignore evidence if it's you know contradicts something um but I also have a very good friend who I've known for oh, 10 plus years named mm. um Paddy Gidney who I talked to two years ago and said, would you mind doing a podcast with me? I, yeah. He is very logical, very polar opposite to me, sort of. Yeah. Very 
super smart. He's going to, he's going to love I said all this lovely things about him. Hopefully he doesn't <laughs> listen. <laughs> super smart, very, very logical, can look at things in a way that I cannot look at things yeah. sometimes. And I thought, well, let's, let's get together. Let's talk about one cryptid a week or yeah. an episode. And I will dig into everything I can find on that cryptid. I'll go as deep into the deep, dark depths of the internet. Down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will get books. I will talk to people. I will do anything I can and to find. And what is that cryptid about? Is it, yeah. is it real? Here's the evidence. And I'll talk to him about it. Yeah. So usually the episodes of the podcast are about an hour long. Sometimes I need to break them over two episodes. Yeah. For example, we did a two-part Yowie special, which is the... Right. Australian Bigfoot, I'm yeah, yeah, sure yeah, you know yeah. of it. Um, and by the end, we kind of look at how do we feel about it? Is it real? Is it fake? Um, yeah. Usually I come in more hot on it's real. <laughs> he's usually more it's fake, but yeah. he's open-minded as well. He's not just belligerent and won't listen to evidence yeah. laid out in front of him. So it's it's actually a very balanced podcast. We've heard, mm. we've had great feedback Um Overall, we target more lesser-known cryptids, like because obviously you've got the big Bigfoots or Jersey Devils in America. But I mean, if you want to learn about those guys, there's so much out there. Like, you know, there's not a there's not a lacking of information out there. No, no, there isn't. Is there? No, there isn't. But there's so many so intriguing, very plausible cryptids out there that people know nothing about, Um, Mm. and that's always been fascinating to me. So. Orang Pendek is an, an easy one, you know, yeah. a small Sumatran ape, which I absolutely yeah. believe is out there. But, for example, um, there's a, a big cat called the Shentakshin in Ecuador, which I'm not sure if you've heard of. It's, no, that's a new one for me. It's basically like a jaguar kind of creature, but it's all black with a rainbow on its chest. And the Ecuadorian natives have seen it a couple of times and yeah. they're like, yeah, it's a real yeah, animal. Yeah. yeah, it's just there. Uh, but because Western scientists haven't seen it, it's not considered a real animal. So just mm. things like that. It's, it's just super fascinating. Um, and then coupled again with my love of animals, my love of nature, at any opportunity, I will get out there. I will yeah. go looking. I'm also a photographer on the side since I was very young, just as a hobby. So I've got very good equipment yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I will, <laughs> and I will take my zoom lens and I will go into the bush. Um, so I've done a couple of expeditions. I try and turn them into videos to share what I find. Uh, it takes a lot of work. So I'm kind of slow on those. I've got a lot of, no, I've done I a lot understand. of expeditions, but I need yeah, to actually. I Getting them up and, yeah, I get it. Absolutely. You, there is so much information out there. You have to kind of. You can't cherry pick because that would be wrong, but you do have to go through it. You have to absorb it like a sponge, don't you? Yes. And that, I think we're coming from a very similar background. For me, it's more about the questions than it is the actual loading of the video. Mm. Um, I'll be be honest with you, you will probably find as the years come on, you might not get an answer to your questions. I've got more questions now than I had in the beginning. (laughs) But you will find that something works for you and that's what happens for most people for me I was only 15 when it happened to me and it's incredibly impossible what happened to me because I live in England so right. there aren't any cryptids in England at oh. all other than the Loch Ness Monster <laughs> um, and I'm com- kind of coming from it from that angle of just trying to find out what I saw that day how could it actually have been possible right luckily I wasn't on my own so 
it can't have been a hypnosis. It can't have been something that happened um, because we were there together. We were both there together. And over the years, whenever I've questioned myself, because you still do question yourself, I, I, I go back to that and I think, no, because we still have the conversation now. I'm still in touch with it. We still speak. And it just leaves you with this need of answers of, mm-hmm. of what could it possibly have been. Um, and the the hour, there is more for me, there is more, I, I would say, I, I believe more in the hour than I probably would have done in the British Bigfoot if I wasn't a witness to it. Because right. you, your country has been, um, you've had hominids all the way back down the line so if you work the way into hominids it could be, be a very early native that kind of thing and, yeah. they, and they're mentioned in the native stories aren't they in their yeah, aboriginal correct. stories yeah um a little bit like england with the wood woods and um the green man and things like that so it, i when people come forward and they say oh i saw a bigfoot in washington state or i saw one in the blue mountain range in you know in australia mm-hmm. it's very believable because of the the advance of, of space yeah. in on, on all and staying the lack of human habitation within the interior parts absolutely um many lots and lots of my friends um are, Amer- are australian and they believe in the yowie too and they are yeah. witnesses to the yowie so i'm not a scientist i take those stories and like you i put them out there online and that undoubtedly brings another witness with it or another mm-hmm. account with it worldwide in every single country in the world, there is a historical tale of a hairy man, whether he be a giant or very small. Japan, Hawaii, the islands, everywhere you go, they have this story. Where did that story start from? Mm-hmm. What is the nugget that made us start to pass it down? Yeah. As me and you are doing now, chatting, we're just storytelling. And mm-hmm. that's what our ancestors did around the fire. It must have been important to them that it's lasted so long in both of our cultures. Yes. Through, yeah. through this. So I, to me, I'm delighted because you'll find most people looking into the subject are probably about my age and older. And okay. that's great. You know, that's great. But you want new opinion. And you don't mind if someone says, well, I don't believe that. I actually believe this. And then I'll say, well, teach me. Teach yeah. me ev- like you teach me everything you know, because my answer might lie within that. Absolutely. You know? So just don't cross anything else so i mean i got to be honest you got to support you 100 percent for what you're doing you're very brave thank you, you know? and it's not easy being a lady in the cryptozoology world is it uh yes it's not so you'll be probably fine that you'll be opening doors throughout the years as you go you'll be kicking down a few as well you know? <laughs> but you do that that's what you need to be doing yeah yeah Wow, fantastic I, I i didn't actually know that you had had a sighting is that is that how this all began for you yeah, that's how it, it. I had no knowledge of it. Never, never didn't know what a cryptid was. Never heard of one. Right. I live in a very small town in Manchester, which is a mill town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was back then. There was a pit. There was the docks. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot else going on. You know, <laughs> um, so it was impossible. It should not have happened. It should not happen. I was not in the wilds of the countryside. I was within a town on the edge oh. of the town. So this thing should not have uh, should not have seen it. Um, I was skipping school with my friend. I was about fifteen. Uh, okay. Nineteen eighty-two. It was. Wow. Nice day. I think it was probably around May or June because it, the, the weather was nice, but it wasn't too hot. Mm. And we didn't want to go in school, so we didn't go in school. 
we went to a country park and there used to be like what we called it the ivy den back then it was like old rhododendrons and laurel leaves and things like that and it had all been left to nobody had bothered with it for about 30 years there was an old mansion there and we sneaked into the ivy den and we were in there and we were just giggling like girls do you know talking <laughs> about boys and i think we had a cut you know we had a sig and i caught something out of the corner of my eye in the greenery and i thought it was a teacher okay oh you know it goes yeah busted or uh, um like a lad or a boy one of my friends i thought it was gonna go and then i got angry and you know and like why have you done that kind of thing and it wasn't it was this this thing i don't know how to describe it it looked like a cross between a man and an ape as if they'd been pushed together I only saw him from about here up, so I didn't see anybody or anything. He leant out of the greenery, very similar to us, very big jaw muscles, similar eyes, not as much white in them, very similar teeth, no canines, nothing like that, nothing scary, it didn't grab mm. me or anything. It just looked at me as I looked at you. Mm. And I'll be honest, um, I was so terrified. I pushed my friends to the ground and I ran. And it wasn't a conscious thought, it just right. happened. And I looked back to A to see if he was coming after me and B to see if she was, you know, he'd got her. And he'd gone. There was nothing. There was nothing there whatsoever. Wow. So you're left with that and you don't know where to go with it. You can't talk to your teachers about it. Or, I mean, I, I was a mess by the time I got home. My mum was in and my mum was just, look at this state of your uniform. Get upstairs. You know, my mum had no busy working mum mm. with kids. My dad understood. My dad was fantastic with me about it because he could see that I was scared right. because I had to go back there the day after for school right and that was the last thing I wanted to do was go near that area ever again wow mm. and then luckily as the years have gone on I mean it's 37 years ago or something like that now okay. I found nine other people in my town that have seen the same creature whoa in the same area and have been happy enough to report it now things have changed that much in the UK Wow. You know? So yeah. validation is a wonderful thing when you're a witness. And I think that's what drives me. I want that for the others. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I want them to have the same feeling. It was such a relief. There was an elderly lady came forward and said she didn't contact me. She contacted Thomas Markham in America. Um, and he run he runs a blog called uh Crypto Crew, and it's quite well known. And she wrote to him and said, I feel awful because 30 years ago mm. I saw this very strange creature um had to tell she saw him in the same park and there was a young girl in my town that saw him young girl being me right and she was absolutely ridiculed and i didn't come forward and help her and it stayed with me for the last 30 years can you help me find her mm. and he said i know who she is it's deborah hatswell she's been you know kicking down doors for years saying i saw it i don't <laughs> know how i saw it i don't have the answers for you but i saw it yeah i want some answers myself and that's kind of where i am now in in what i do so yeah you know strange isn't it that's... you can go from being the only person who will actually i saw it and i saw it as well and yeah I saw it as well and now i've been able to go back before my account i found accounts from the 1970s wow. the 1960s so from the 1960s the last report would be 2016. okay which is a massive amount of time, isn't it, for yes. these imaginary creatures to be seen. Exactly, yeah. By so did your friend see it as well? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to imagine. I don't know Australia well enough to give you a comparison with the town. Very working class. Okay. Very people go to work, they come home, 
and they're absolutely drained from the commute and probably shut the door and, you know, watch the television all night. It's that kind of town. So to come out and say that you'd seen something completely impossible, mm. I probably would have ended up in the, well, I nearly did end up in the nearest loony bin. People thought I was absolutely crazy. Yeah. It kind of followed me my entire life. So I think I've got a different perspective on it than, than most people. Because for me, answers are great, aren't they? They're absolutely great. But I just want to be vindicated, I think. I think that's mm. the right word. That I'm not a complete lunatic. Yeah. There are other people like that out there yeah. as well that have seen the same thing, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. It's, it's just mind-blowing, isn't it? Absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, so such much a, in, yeah. Such a small moment, such a big change. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Did your friend with you see it as well? Yeah, yeah, we both saw it. Um Obviously, that must have helped. That's immediate, like, yeah, immediately. <laughs> confirmation. She, I always called him the man-ape. Because, as you said before, you, you hear stories from villagers and things like that. They, You have to go off their knowledge base on what they tell you. So if they think that it's a monkey, that's the word that they will use. Yeah. So we didn't have a word for him. We didn't yeah. know what he was. I didn't even know the word cryptid. First thing that came into my head was the ape-man. I always called him the ape-man monster. Mm. Always. And she always called him the gorilla man. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, years afterwards, you know, when people go, oh, there's always been a tale of a gorilla man in that park. You know, that's why people don't play in there at night. That would have been wonderful information to know at 15. Yeah. You know, but nobody told me till afterwards. And we still talk about it. She came to my wedding. You know, we're both grandmothers now, and years and years on. She wants nothing to do with it. Not interested in it in any way, shape or form. She runs with the theory because it did not happen. I know it happened, but I don't want to think about it. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine to do that. And yeah. lots of people have said to me, why haven't you brought her forward? And I said, well, if she wants to, then I will. Yeah. But it's my story's mine and her story's hers. And she has to do with that what works for her. Yeah. You know, I'm not, awesome. in control. Yeah, I'm not in control of that. And she has to offered to do it. And I just said to her, it's entirely up to you. It's entirely up to you. Um, it doesn't matter. It won't change me if people keep saying I'm, you know, I'm a liar or I'm a hoaxer or anything like that. I've heard it all before, and it just we kind of I was kind of mean to her, I think, because I kind of blamed her in the beginning that we were there, and oh. I thought it was something to do with her, and and I'd been this unwilling passenger, mm. and she felt the same way about me. So we were kind of split as friends that day. Mm. And we always, you know what it's like with girls at school. You just kind of avoid each other because you don't want to talk about the subject. But we live in a very small town. So obviously when she got married and I went to her wedding, when I got married, she came to my wedding. You know, kids probably still go to similar schools and things like that. And it just, it wasn't in her life for her. She, that wasn't the biggest thing on her list. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was, it it really, really was. I thought it was absolutely mental. I thought it was going mental. And you do as a teen, don't you? As a teen, you... You don't know where you fit in society. You, you going through all these hormonal changes. And yeah. Times when you think that you're the only person in the world that feels like that. Yes, it can be. And, <laughs> yeah. And to have that, I think, on as well as what had happened, I honestly think I don't like using PTSD because I think I haven't been to war, but it it changed my life. I stopped camping. I stopped through my 20s. I never took my girls, you know, I've had children. I never took them in the woods or anything like that until, unless it was daytime. The second it got dust, I was out of there. So I found I was cutting corners off my life. 
I see. You can't go there. And, oh, no, I'm not going to Scotland. Because anything that was wooded or had this connotation that he would be behind every tree waiting to get me. Yes. And you said earlier when you thought, I'm just going to ask everybody. Mm. About 14, 15 years ago, I had an accident. Um, and I... My my legs don't work very well, so I was in a wheelchair. But when at the time I had the accident, I was actually lay flat on the bed because I had spinal damage. Right. I had nothing that I could do. I couldn't use my arms, couldn't use my legs. All I could do was think. Right. And I thought, this is the time to find out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was. Put that fear behind you forever. Okay. Because my biggest challenge then was learning to walk again. And I couldn't have both of them, both those challenges. I knew I had to concentrate. I had two children. I had to get back up and walk. Mm. And we said that I would never do that. And just sheer determination. I thought, well, I will. Wow. You watch me then. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was down to my mum. My mum said, you've got two choices. You can lie in that bed and feel sorry for yourself. Or you can get up and start fighting. You choose. Wow. That's the type of mother that I have. <laughs> so that's what was my choice. I thought, right, well, I will. So when I couldn't go out and I was stuck on the bed for like, oh, it must, must have been seven or eight years. Wow. And I reached out to everybody that I could find. I went, I'd done CB radio years before, looking for truckers and people who drove the roads to see if mm. they knew anything. So I went back to that. Went on radio. Um, I would go on FM radio, try and find anybody out there that had talked to me about it. Yeah. I'd write to small little newspapers in tiny little country towns. And, and that's how it started. Amazing. And my daughter was standing at the side of me and I'd say, I found one. I found one in Seven Oaks. It needs the description says it looks like a man and he's at half an ape. And she'd put the pin in the map for me. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started for me. Okay. And then as you find another person and then another person and another person and then another person and you think, this is unbelievable. And then it's just always been the same. They're just coming consistently all the time. Yes. I think there's a culture shift happening. I think yeah. it's becoming, I mean, I'm, I'm, a luck, I'm in what some ways lucky to be coming into this young and at a time when it's yeah for me always been fine to talk about weird stuff yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've never really faced a, 
any sort of discrimination against my beliefs, weird yeah. or not. Uh, I even mentioned it in a in my recent job interview, and I got that job, and they're yeah. fine with it. They just, it's not a um, stigma as much as it used to be. No, no, I think that's that's fantastic, especially for it is much easier now to discuss it and come forward and discuss it and find that validation for yourself and other people. Because um, there's enough podcasts out there that are talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all across the world, people want to reconnect to our earlier memories, earlier times when it was less mm-hmm. hectic and not 2019. I think there's a huge turn in wild, rewilding, people going back to the old ways and things yeah. like that. And I think we're just more accepting. Yes. Much, much more accepting mm-hmm. of, um, that people see strange and unusual things you know and in this probably go back 150 years if you went to a seance or reported a ghost you were an absolute lunatic and probably put in bedlam <laughs> now everybody's got an emf meter and a, and a hobby box and it's fine yeah. same with the ufo witnesses in the 70s very mm. very bad ridicule that they came under now it's quite accepted yes even the because, government's talking about yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. So and it's because of doing things that you do that brings that subject forward for people and makes it okay to talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's okay to talk about it on the train going to work or it's okay to talk about it when you have a, a pint with your mates or you're yeah. in the cafe and you can bring these stories up. And people, nine times out of ten, people will say, well, it's funny you should say that. But I know a gentleman or my uncle Ronnie or when mm-hmm. I was seven and the tale comes forward. Yeah. And then you just think, here's another one, here's another one. And then I get my pen out and I say, just one. <laughs> and then just start writing it all down. <laughs> And that's his email. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think another benefit to this sort of shift that's happening, uh, I can see it with my, my co-host, Paddy. He's oh, sceptical as anything. And he has this, uh, what's the word for it? Just assumption of what cryptozoology is. They're all crazy. Yes. And only yeah. by getting him and sitting him down and <laughs> talking through in a reasonable way what is actually out there i'm not making stuff up this is yeah. you know f- this is fact and some stuff is hearsay and you can discount it or you can not discount yeah. it but some things like footprints hair evidence yeah. um recordings you can't dispute that and you know he's a logical man you, it would be illogical to yes. re- to refute some of these things so just it's good, it's good to be a little bit skeptical you Absolutely. don't want to see a cryptid in everything i try and say that to people I say nine times out of ten, what you find is probably going to be the weather, or it's going to be scouts or children, or it's just going to be natural damage out there in the woods. A very small percentage. There's a lot of misinformation out there. People are putting bush crash shelters up and survival shelters and all that's going on. I think mixed up within that, there are some very small signs that we can look for when we're out in the woods. Yes. It's not. It's not really my area of expertise. We do have footprint finds in the UK. I think many years ago, when you're a witness, I always say this to people, you're supposed to have an answer for them. So where are the footprint finds? What right. do they eat? Where do they go? Yes. How do they have babies? I don't know. He didn't yeah. give me a frequently asked question pamphlet. He scared <laughs> the absolute out of me and off I went. So I have the same questions as you. But I'm a, I'm a staunch lass and I thought, right, well, I'll try and answer them then. Yeah. If he is here, then we should be finding the same things that they are finding in Washington State or in Australia, in Russia. And Mm -hmm. and by reaching out to people, I was able to see their finds. 
and was able to match them here in the UK. So I thought, well, we have got footprints. There are actual footprint finds. We have got anecdotal witness accounts. I know that's not enough for some people, yeah. but people are putting their neck on the line, you know, um, police officers, government officials, Absolutely. every day. You know, they're putting their neck on the line and they're reporting it. There should also be, a, around that report, if we're looking at a, a flesh and blood creature, an animal should make a noise. Yep. It should have a particular habit. And we should be able to pick up on that. Yep. So we're looking for things like whoops and howls, um, this strange bedding area that kind of like the gorillas make and all this kind of thing. Yep. We need to be looking and seeing if we can match them in the UK. Mm-hmm. And we can match them in the UK. Um, there's no doubt about that anymore, that we can match them in the UK. And I used to say to the sceptics, so if he's not making them here, he's not making them in America, is he? So mm-hmm. everyone in America's wrong as well. If I can match you structure for structure, footprint for footprint, witness account for witness account, yep. area, habitat, ecosystem, food habits, we have reports of them eating. We okay. have reports of them hunting, taking down deer and things like that. Yep. Yep. Um, and that put it to bed for me. I thought, well, I've answered all those questions. There is enough food in the UK. If you were a forager, I forage, you have no trouble finding food yeah. if you want uh, yeah. to. And I've noticed that, obviously, um, I'm I'm now in the UK. I moved from Australia over um, uh, just after Christmas last mm. year gone. And I've been out and about in the woods around here. And, yeah, it's I mean, it's a totally different landscape compared to Australia. There are... Yeah. Berries galore. There are yeah. rabbits. There are deer. Yeah. <laughs> and this is very damp. We live in a very damp climate. Caesar hated it the first time he came. He absolutely hated it. And when it took him ninety years to come back, he said it was a, a terrible dank place to live. And it kind of is on some days. But if we try and try and take the, I always say to people, try and take the kind of paranormal aspect out of it, and think of them more like, say, a wild human or an early human. Yeah. They should be following roots because we did. You can't eat in an area for a year. You would deplete the sources. You yep. would have to continue to be on the move. And any large predator, like a, a large cat or a bear, does just that. Mm-hmm. It moves over about 40 miles. Yes. And I was, I thought, right, go and find an archaeology class and find out what early Brits were doing, what routes that they were following. So that's what I did. And I was absolutely cool. amazed that they lined up with the sighting account and I couldn't get over that and I thought is there a foraging pattern going on are we seeing maybe seven or eight of the witnesses seeing the same one because it's moving between somewhere so is there a pattern in the description and there is normally reddish think of our woods in autumn that reddish browny colour that you see in a red setter or on a chestnut horse or something like that that colour comes up consistently very dark brown or very, very black in, in colour. Mm. Fantastic for our woods, that. Absolutely wonderful for yes. hiding, you know. And at dusk and dawn, you could just quite easily stay hidden. Most of our towns are incredibly small. We call them little conurbations. And then around them, you've got lots of farms and fields, and that will take you out to the coast or up to the wooded areas. Yes. So there could be a possible route for them to take where they could... There's some areas in the UK, I think some people abroad will be shocked to know that you can cross within an hour. If you go up to Northumberland, you can go through the east coast to the west coast in an hour. Okay. So you could quite easily eat on the west coast, 
make your way in following the river, say the River Ouse, for example, take you across to the west coast, and then I've gone the wrong way around, and west to east, mm. and you could eat on that side for your, for your supper. Wow. So there is a bounty of food. I think we've ticked those answers off. There's just so much food out there. It's unbelievable. Mm. Where do they go? That's the big question. Yeah. It does lead to a question about population size then, because obviously America, Australia, wilderness is just a huge, huge amount of untouched wilderness, and UK is very small. So, I mean, if they're here, it's got to be a small population, or they're more comfortable being closer to one another they don't have these massive ranges of territory you know are they i mean there's a you know there's a theory that they work in social groups maybe they're just i would imagine so there are reports of them in groups all across the world and here in the uk Um, I've, i've noticed very strategic things like Something that the army would do, you don't, you're not finding, you couldn't track them, I don't think, if you, if you, if you were the world's best tracker. I mm. think they're very strategic in their thinking. I think we mix them up with apes and give them that kind of dumbed down. They, they, they would have been found by now. We would have them in zoos. Yes. I think they outsmart us. Some people feel it in a magical way, but I think, as you touched on earlier, and think, I think we see some abilities as magical, this being able to blend Animals have been doing it for, for millennia, haven't they? Camouflage. Yeah, the natural camouflage. I think it might be that. And I think they're very strategic. They know the woods like you know your front room or your bedroom. Mm. They know where everything is. And they would hear you coming before you got out of the car. Smell and you, I, probably. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be shocked if you actually look at the government figures for urbanisation in the UK. And that includes all roads and motorways. It is 6.7%. Really? Okay. Really, and you can check that yourself. There was a it was the survey was done in 2016, um, and it actually breaks it down into like Wales, Scotland, England, and Ireland. Wales has a very very low population of humans per mile. Mm-hmm. England's much greater, but actually, out of those towns, only 6.7 percent of the UK is urbanised. Fascinating. And yeah, people say, okay. what about farms? But what about farms? You see, <laughs> you're adding farms in Deborah. Only 70, I think it was 70% of farms is just arable, just fields and, and food. So it's only 30% where you've got like cows and sheep and, you know, the, mm. your actual dairy farming and things like that. So the space is out there. Mm. Then you have to look at up subterranean. Every, the UK is underrun with tunnels, always has been, and they run up to Bosnia, Romania, places, Turkey even. Really? Wow, I yeah. had no idea, I had no idea yeah. about that. Um, and so what, the possibility that they could be subterranean in some way. Okay, yeah. Um, so then I thought, well, do we get reports in Europe? If, if, if say I can pop down in Sherwood Forest and pop up in Tunisia, I should be finding accounts, and I did. And I was really shocked. Romania, Slovakia, most of Bel- uh, Bel- um, Natalia love me for this one. I always get it wrong. I think it's Belarus. Yeah, Belarus. Belarus yeah. And then I thought, ah, the, the, the Russians have the Almasty, don't they? There's yes. No, there's no sea border. So they could come from the north and all the way down right across Europe. Wow. So I'm finding reports in Finland, Sweden, Norway, Germany, Denmark, you name it, there's a report. Yeah. yeah. So it's wow. exactly the same across Europe as it is here. So you're thinking, you know, I mean, I know it's a big stretch, but are they subterranean mm. moving around? Is that where they disappear in the winter months? Because 
the UK is not, I know people say we have bad winters, but <laughs> compared to Russia and Washington and places like that, it's quite, it's quite mellow, isn't it, yeah. really? You, know, yeah. you can just head south, it's quite nice down yeah. south. And <laughs> exactly. uh, Yeah, you know, just go south, it'll be warmer down there. I just think we have a lack of reports, you see, between October, November time, February, March time, the reports drop off. Okay. Um, and I, well, I don't know if that's because we're not accessing the areas because of the bad weather, so we're yeah. not there to see them. Or do they actually move off somewhere during those winter months? Mm -hmm. um, one of the questions I'm trying to answer at the minute, actually, and because nobody's mapping the cave systems. I think we've only looked at about 16% of them in the UK. So what we really want to know is what's down there. Do we, can we find any evidence down there kind of thing? Yeah. Um, which would probably where my next set of research is going to go is to try and get down into those cave systems amazing yeah yeah see if there's anything down there we should be finding bone finds we should yep. be finding yeah yeah and if we're discussing that they may be of a hominid down the hominid line something like that we should be finding bone tools and stone tools and even fire rings and all honesty you just yeah. you don't know do you? we all surmise that they don't use fire but we don't yeah. know that yeah just, exactly I think that's that's it. Because nobody's actually sat down with one and asked them the question. <laughs> exactly. There's no experts, are there? They were yeah. all just theorising. Yeah. And the theories on what Bigfoot can be go from everything from a flesh and blood hominid. Yes. Right the way through to um sentient being or an alien or something like that. Yeah. And everything else on the fan within that. Mm. Um, and I just thought, well, I'm not narrowing myself down to one. I'm, I want to taste every single flavour. And see, <laughs> see which one works kind of thing. like a charcuterie not, board yeah, of bigfoot yeah yeah i'm not there yet i've not decided yet what they are particularly. yes i i do ping pong around myself i i think most of the time i'm on the more fresh flesh and blood mm -hmm. side of things you know they leave footprints mm -hmm. and if they if they had the option to not I don't think they ever would. Why would yeah, they? Exactly. Yeah, why <laughs> so, would they? Yeah, exactly that. So, and they eat. And there's the eating thing, isn't there? They, they're taking food and they eat, yeah. And there's some people... Some, uh, sorry, some people think that they can be both. That they can yes. be, all, you know, like dimensional or something like that. And the, the reports kind of do back up both sides of the theory. So it's it really is. hard. It is, yes. To, to come down on it. So I just decided then I'm not going to do it then. I'm not going to choose. I'm going <laughs> to good. listen to everything and then I'll make my mind up at some point when I'm 100% that's the answer for me then I'll say that's yeah. the answer for me and I may have been wrong 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago but I'm not ready I'm not there yet I don't think there's yeah. too many people still to speak to you know Absolutely. and yeah like yourself you know I'll understand the more I can learn from everybody else and then I can pass it on as you do to other people and they can think well actually might not be this massive scary thing that I thought it was. I might yeah. be able to, if I can see it as the Oren Pendek, mm -hmm. I can understand it. Yeah. It's a missing something that's never been seen. Well, I can get that, get me head around that. That's really, yeah. really easy. And there's no doubt about the Oren Pendek, let's be honest. I mean, the government might have a doubt about it, but yeah. the, the, the villagers don't. They know it's there, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. just a matter and, of time for that one. If if we can get, if we can discover it in time before it goes extinct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that it's... is the worry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could be. It could be the same for the bigfoot. If they are flesh and blood, we could deplete them mm. over the next ten or twenty years. We could wipe them out completely. Yes. 
I think we'd have a lot to learn from them, like we do from the apes and um, the great Absolutely. apes. Foods and medicines and natural resources that are out there. I think they could teach us an awful lot out there. If we had, um, we do have ongoing habituations. There are areas where people have watched them for generations within a family. They might not call them Bigfoot. They mm. might have their own family name for it. But these dark, hairy things that live in the woods that grandma reported and great granddad reported and like gentlemen in the 50s and 40s and 50s now are saying oh it's, it's always been like that around here we just call it the ginger air it's nothing mm. if you leave your net your fish out it'll take them mm. you know if you don't do your day kill straight away it will take it so yep. you know that something's going on in the land they just don't know what word to put onto it mm-hmm. um and i never say oh that's bigfoot i say well there is a theory that it could be this or it could be that Yep. And then you go out and, and, and taste all the flavours and then you decide what it is for yep. you. And then we'll just, that's the name that we'll give it. If you say it's a ginger ale, we will call it the ginger ale because that's what you know it as. Yep. And you'd be amazed how many, up in Scotland especially, I think because it's such an ancient place, um, there's so many reports up there, it's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Mm. And they're coming from the mountaineers, the shepherds, the groundskeepers. Mm of these tall, hairy, always the same, tall, hairy, dark figure that moves off into the woods or will do a kind of distractive technique to scare the crap out of you so you get out of there. So they stick throwing, the yeah. hoops, the wood knocking, the howls, this clever distraction technique normally gets a human running. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't take much, to be honest. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I mean, it would work for me. So I even look at old paranormal accounts, so like where a screaming woman is reported, but there's uh-huh. this years and years of this screaming or howling, and you think, I need to go and look at that place. Pluckley is an area, Pluckley Woods. If you look up the whole, most haunted woods in England, you'll find uh-huh. Pluckley Woods. Um, it's called Deering Woods, actually, but um, they call oh, it Pluckley it. Woods for some reason. And there are so many accounts down there of like these running feet that you can't see, Ooh. or something shadowing you within the bush, and you can't quite make out what it is and right. um, screams and howls and whoops and all of that is what white called the most haunted wood in england oh and exactly it, that's yeah. where I need to go, yeah. Yeah, oh, to one person, that's a ghost. To another person, that's a, yeah. like a Bigfoot. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Very, yeah. Yeah, so good yeah, you're dealing with that as well, Megan. So you're trying to work out, is it a ghost report? You know, is it is it an alien? Is it, and you think, well, I can't do that. All I can report is on what the person said and what happened at the time. Yes. And what their thoughts on it are. And that's all I've ever done, really. I've just... You know, I mean, I've, don't get me wrong. I've been called everything from a cult leader to a harlot. In my oh, my God. <laughs> Honest to God. The thing that I've been called, you would not believe it. And I think it's just because I won't settle on an answer. I just, <laughs> I'm not ready to settle and other people are, and that's not going to work for me. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to work for me. Until <laughs> I either see him again or I'm too old to keep researching, I think I'm always going to be at it trying to find out. Yeah, we need people like that. It's not been an easy journey, I'll be honest. I um I uh I was looking at the Google map integration that you created. I I, I show that to anyone who is it slightly interested in this stuff. I just think it's so fantastic. It's, it's I have a few friends that I've made in the UK who are interested in this sort of thing and I just it's so easy to share and they can yeah. get stuck in and they can read about it. And I saw there was a encounter that happened in Box Hill, which is sort of south. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of London, um, which just had, it was such a, it's such a simple account as a, um, a nice big walk around the woods there, and there yeah. was a lady. Oh, it was a jogger. I'm not sure if it was a lady yeah, or not. Yeah, it was a lady jogger, yeah. Running up and down the stairs. Um, she was sitting down to have a rest, and she heard someone behind her, thought it was a, someone walking their dog. They didn't pass her, looked behind, and there was just a big hairy humanoid there looking yeah. at her, and then it moved away. And I went, oh, my God, that is like an hour on the bus for me so I went on the bus like immediately and I spent a whole day in Box Hill walking around I went to exactly where that sighting occurred I'm just pulling it up on my map now actually so I can see what's around it yeah it's 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 an amazing area isn't it Box Hill it was something there was definitely not to get all like airy fairy but there was definitely a feeling in there I got a little nervous I was by myself I had my camera and I just sat on the steps and listened, and it was quite a windy day. So every rustling tree, I was like, "I'm ready, I'm ready." <laughs> um, but I, it, that's, I just think that map is so cool because it was so easy for me to connect with a real sighting, get yeah. on a bus, get on a train, get out of town, go there, yeah, and have um, you probably incredible witness Epping Forest and places like that. Um, there are accounts. It seems to be that the they can't seem to be near rivers, streams, dikes, that kind of thing. And I wonder if that's just really easy cover to move around. Mm. And you know when I said to you before that there should be, I mean, there should be other things than just this actual sighting. And there are, when you look at the Box Hill one, there is, there's an account at Dark and Deep Dean. And Dark and Deep Dean is just below, I think it's on the map as a question mark. Okay. The gentleman did not know what to call it. And he's out there with his brother. And Dark and Deep Dean is a set of military installation from World War II. And okay. it's where we hid our trains. So there's a huge train tunnels and everything down there. So you get a lot of geocachers and you get lots of people doing paranormal days there. And, you know, you get um, kind of like, let's just go in there and see. So oh, yeah. he's, he's there with his brother. And he said, we're about to sneak in. Because you're not supposed to go in there. It's the oh. military of defence. He's about to sneak in and they hear this mumbling talk so he says oh let's back off we'll go and back off and sit in the bushes thinking it's another like investigators probably the best word i can come up with and he says as he does that he experiences what they described as a almost bluff charge the trees began to shake and move there was banging there was noise and he felt like something rushed at them through the trees and moved Mm. them from that area and that's what they did they removed themselves from the area and they didn't actually go in and then I thought, that's that's minutes away from Box Hill. Yes, um, it is. I'm just looking at it on the map. Yeah, and then you've got another one just to the side of it, just to the southeast, which is, there's an area called Lynch Hill. Mm. And one of the legends about Lynch Hill is that dogs will not go into a certain area of the woodland there. They are, tend to stop and will not go in. Mm. Or they will react in a really strange way that the, the owner is not used to and sometimes get aggressive. Um, well, that interests me because dogs are very good at picking up on what can eat them. 
yes. or what, would, what is the bigger threat to them and yeah. normally when a dog is annoyed at something or it's but you'll make the most amount of noise that you can make and he make himself really big mm. when a dog shrinks down and covers its belly it's frightened yes and if it starts to really low doesn't mm. want to give its position away that interests me greatly when dogs are doing that could be a big cat or it could be what we're looking for so mm. that's why lynch hill's gone in the map and it's still happening with these strange mm. with the dog walkers and yeah. then it is you've got what is also called the great buckham hairy creature mm. so obviously the person making that report says it was about 9 p.m i was in norbury park in great buckham in surrey um he's walking on one of the tracks and we watch his boxing played in the field when i noticed a large dog-shaped figure in the middle of the track it was large it was at least four three to four foot high very shaggy looking and it had a brown fur and quite blurry i think what he's trying to describe is what we would call a shuck in england mm. um kind of devil dog some people call them or a i've heard about that yeah, yeah and i i thought that that's going on i didn't put it on as a big foot report because it didn't come in as a big report but it's something strange moving about in the area yeah because one of the things i want to know is is it the area itself that's important mm. Is it attracting them in some way? Okay. Or is it the person seeing them that's important? So I want to note down anything that's in that actual area. Hmm. Um, and then I'm just just above Leatherhead, which is not too far, you've got another account of a shaggy shuck in 2010. Mm -hmm. So all around the Box Hill, to the northwest, to the southeast, and to the south, you have these strange, shaggy, dark shucks yeah that are reported so it's a possibility that that might be an area that i need to get my researchers down to because of these consistent reports yeah you find after if you look find the river yep follow that river out and there will be sightings all along that right the way out to the estuary on the coast wow and yeah i think just because i work on it all day i kind of know that it's not just my filing system it's my way of knowing what's been reported in what area at what time mm. you know so i can now quick when a new report comes in i can quickly have a scan about what's round and think ah right that makes sense to me mm -hmm. or no i need to i need to get down there and get eyes on the ground because it's mm -hmm. you know coming from an area that we're not used to getting them from but there isn't really an area where we're not getting them from yeah i can see that the map is shockers <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it's unbelievable and I, I have tried going out into other countries and i am going to continue to add on now because the reports are coming in from everywhere. Yeah, so, same. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, right, I need to just keep going with it and just keep mapping it in the world. Just, it, it's absolutely free if you want to use it. If anybody out there wants to use it, yeah. just put Deborah Hatswell Bigfoot mapping and it'll pop up on Google and just yeah. use it, you know? Yeah. If, even if it's just for a bit of fun, if you just want to read the accounts, why not? Yes. You know? So yeah, it's, you might it's, it's find, awesome. Yeah, they might find something in there that interests them and maybe they'll nick out to the woods and. I always say, take the kids, take the grandkids, just go out and, and have a day and see how you feel when you're down there. Get yeah, I mean, above all else, Box Hill is, is be was beautiful from what I saw. Yeah. I went in the dead of winter and everything was dead, but it was yeah. still so beautiful. So, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic excuse, if nothing else, to get people yeah. out in nature. And also, you've got your email address attached to it. So, yes. If, if you do have a sighting or if someone yeah. else or if you just something. want info yeah if you just got any questions just email me it might yeah. take me a few days to get back to you but i will i will get back to you it just takes me a while sometimes because yeah. it's only me 
you know, I don't have this huge team of people. I do now, I'm very lucky now because we have lots and lots of members because we have a group now. So Yeah, I'd love to know it. more about that. Yeah, I saw there was a membership sort it of was, program. It's more um it's so other pe people can meet others. It not so much in a situation of oh I don't how do I explain it? I get lots of people who say to me, Deborah, is there anybody else in my area I can talk to about this? Or do you know anybody else in my area that's interested in going out and meeting up and, you know, having a bit of a research? And I thought, what's the map it, Deb? Just put them on the map. <laughs> so when they come in, I can say, actually, yeah, there's, there's three gentlemen around Box Hill. Here are their emails if you want to get in touch with them. Have a chat with them online or interview them for your podcast. Or if you want to meet up with them and mm. go out and do what they do for the day, do that. And it's absolutely free. Mm. You know, we don't charge anything for it. And then I try and get to as many places across the country as I can. Being disabled, it's not easy. Mm. So I've been able to do three or four this year where I've managed to get myself into a central area and then people come out and meet. And we just have a natural like me and you are doing now. Fantastic. We're talking about Bigfoot and cryptids and UFO and paranormal. And we just talk about all of those things. We have a really good day and then mm. we all go home. And then that's kind of like, that's like a little community in all honesty. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, because I think people need to be able to talk about it to each other. They want to bounce ideas about, they want to, what's your theory on it? How do you feel about yeah. it? Yeah, and have an actual discussion because I think, I mean, I'm sure you find this as well. The average Joe doesn't care particularly and yeah. you want to talk about something for ages and really yeah. deep. And yeah. it's really hard to find someone who... Is interested yeah. that much? They're just glazed, don't they? Just nodding. Oh, lost them. Yep. All right, we'll talk about like football or whatever now. But you also see there's the opposite effect of that. You will see, you'll have a conversation with somebody. It's happened so many times with me. I'll be talking with a friend about it, and someone will tap me on the shoulder and say, I'm, I wasn't over listening, you know, I wasn't being nose there. But I heard what you said, and I'm really interested in it. Where can I go to find this? There's been occasions where we've had people go out to areas to research, um, and they've gone for a drink in the cafe or something. Mm -hmm. And some of them will wear Bigfoot T-shirts. You know, you like to wear it. And and a number of people have said to them, it's really, you know, is that real on your T-shirt? And they say, well, yeah, it's what I do. I'm a member of this community. Well, it's funny you say that. Because when we were walking the dog last year, or when we were up in the Cairngorms last year, and they tend to open up and give you that tale, which is, yeah. so I get lots of members saying, Deb, I've been in the cafe today or I've been in the pub today and somebody's told me this. And I say, get the number, give them my email or get the number and I'll get in touch with them and we'll get their account as well and we'll yeah. add that on. And silly things I didn't notice until you start mapping something, you don't see the pattern within it. So yeah. I do, that's how my brain works. I have a condition called Erlen syndrome and okay. it's just to do with how my brain processes written word. Hmm. So... I don't see the written word. I see the lines within it. So I have to, I have to really concentrate to keep my eyes on the line. Oh. But what it does mean is when I look at maps or patterns or something, I can immediately spot something the same. So okay. it's worked in my, to my advantage. So when I started the members map and I started adding people, there's a very small town in the northeast called Stanley. Really tiny, like my town. Working class town with a pit and a mill. Same thing. Oh. Right on the northeast coast. Uh, right where Northumbria is, Northumbria is a beautiful place, where Adrian's Wall is. So you're right in the border with Scotland. And there are witnesses there. The first witness was age seven, and she's <laughs> in her 50s now, and it still upsets her to this day. Oh. Because she was 
playing as kids would on a rope swing. And she had older girls with her that were watching her. And she said she looked up into the tree and she described it like Heidelbergensis, this almost hominid, crouched man with a knife in his hand. Oh, my God. Exactly. And she ran off screaming. And she said it was more frightening that the other girls didn't see him because mm. she was hoping they were going to say, oh, yeah, we saw him and it was just... And they didn't see him at all. Right. And that completely terrified her because... Why did I see him? Why was yeah. I the only one that could see him? And then all these years later, I put her account out about three years ago. Six of the witnesses in that town now. Mm-hmm. And none of them knew about each other. Wow. Until I put them on the members map. <laughs> so there's like seven or eight people all in one little village with either an interest in the cryptid subject or an actual experience that they can put to the cryptid subject. So now oh. they're all in contact. They kind of got the little team together, so they go out and they investigate, and they have tracked every sighting. They've gone out to every sighting area and look what's in that area. What could have been of interest? Is there a resource? Is there in any hidden tunnels or any right. mine shafts? Just looking for clues, really, because in all honesty, we shouldn't have six reports from one very small town, but we do in my town. Yeah. And we do in Staffordshire, and we, you know, it just it's the same everywhere across the UK. So the the members group was just put your name on, just put your name on in your contact email. If you've got a podcast you want to advertise, put it on there because they all like podcasts. They all mm. like, you know, they like listening yeah. to it. I think it's just a way of networking for us all, you know. So I'm hoping it'll grow because it, it's nothing to me. All I do is I send them out a set of membership papers. And then I just send an email with every single link. So they've got like a link to the map, a link to the members map, a link to all the free podcasting sites so they can find their way around. And they can, even if you're new and you've not got an interest in it, mm. you'll find something in there that, you know, you're in, and you'll find somebody to talk to on that map. Yeah. And then ladies say, oh, I'm really worried, Deb, about, well, I understand that. You don't want to meet a strange man in the woods. I get right. <laughs> and you need to be really careful about who you speak to online. So if that's a problem to you, don't worry about it. I'll pop you in email and I will just put on your tab, see Deborah for contact details. Right. And then I will send you the details over. And if I can't vouch for him and I don't know him 100%, mm-hmm. I would say to you, it's probably best if you don't meet him in the woods, yep. you know? But if you do, <laughs> set your hubby, set your dog, set four of your friends, <laughs> make sure, you know, just, just be a bit, a little bit, we have to be careful online, don't we? Yeah. So it even works for that. If you don't want your name out there and you don't want anyone to know that you like this subject, that's fine. You know, I'll just keep hold of your email and anything that comes in for your area, I'll pop it over to you because I do a monthly, like every month I let them know any new sightings that have come in. Mm-hmm. Or let's say there's going to be a conference or something like that that they might find interesting, I'll pop that on there as well. Mm-hmm. And like tonight, uh, there's I do a live feed so they cool. can chat to each other in the chat. So I will sit and talk, just as I'm talking to you now, and I'll read out all the accounts that have come in in the last four weeks while they chat away with each other in the chat. And it's just a way for them to network. That's amazing. That sounds like my jam. So how do you you sign up? Um, If you just email me, just put me an email over, and I'll send you a set of printable. You can just print your papers over off if you like, and they're all there. And I'll send you the email with the link on. There is only a one-off fee, and I hate saying this, it's only £3.99, and we never, ever, ever charge again. And that's just for the paper, so I can print it off, stick right. the stamp on, and send it out there, and that's it. Everything's free after that, you know? It's just an admin thing. Yes, and I think it is a way of keeping trolls and 
yeah. idiots away. Let's put it like that. If you're interested <laughs> and you're prepared to pay the £3.99, you will get your money's worth. And if you don't, I'll give it back. You know, it's not the end of the week. If you hate it, I'll give you your money back. You know, I don't mind. I just think it's a good... I'd, I'd love to get more podcasters involved. And yeah. And, yeah, because I think there's a very limited lot of information out there with the, some of the original sites. And I'm not going to name names, but we're stuck in this attack. Every story is an attack, and every story is it killed my dog and it took my wife and you know it set fire to my oh, house. Okay. I want to kind of get away from that and just get people talking on a normal basis. So, what happened to you when you saw it? And right. How did you feel afterwards? Yeah. What were you doing before it happened? I think that's more important to me than, yeah. than the. So, the more that I can do that, get podcasts out there that are not down the the aggressive line, let's say. Because um, you don't have many reports in the UK of attacks. So. Yeah, I've heard that. They sound like they're more retreat slowly. Yeah, back <laughs> into the woods. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah. And I think it's because we're not out in camo. We're yes. not carrying guns. True. And most people that see them are not out looking for them. Yes. So they're walking the dog. They're doing something that makes them very relaxed. Mm-hmm. So they're out walking the dog or they're hiking or they're on the bike. That happens a lot. The mountain bike trails, we get lots and lots of them from there. Does it make sense? You, yeah, you're just going about your own daily business and you see this thing. You're confronted with this thing and you've got to try and work, A, work out what it is. And then B, what do you do afterwards? Mm. Where do you go with that? So that's where my interest lies. And yeah. just being able to say to them, well, you're not on your own. There's so many of us. And I never give them any details until I've got the account. Yes, very good. Yeah, obviously. I yeah, I don't want to influence me in any way. So I say to them, could you write it out for me in email or just voice it in an audio message? And I can have a listen to it. And then I can send you some things over and I can say yeah. maybe, well, there was two other accounts in your area in 89 and 2011. Or I can say you reported it as like a man completely hair covered wearing what you thought was an orange fur coat. Well, in oh. Scotland, there's an account where the lady reports as this hominid man with what she describes as an orange fur coat. Mm-hmm. And it makes them think, oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Someone else, is, you know, is reporting. It's invaluable to them. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 it is. So, as I say, as I, get me, I don't mean to keep repeating myself, but that's where the, it lies for me. That's that's my biggest interest. Yeah. So, the more people I can get on there talking, yeah. the the bigger the subject's going to become. And, well, all these people are out there thinking that they're, they're crazy or they're on their own. Well, suddenly mm. realise that, no, you're not. No. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that's why I want to branch out as well into other things. Because... I'm getting, I don't think people are taking reports. I'm getting reports from people who have been abducted, people who've got missing time. I think suddenly it's become, Debbie will listen to me. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, need to, I need to help them as well. I really need to help them. Yeah. So I say to them, I don't know anything about that subject. I am blind, but I will find out what I can. Yes. And I'll send it over to you and I will do a podcast and we'll see if we can get anybody else out there. Yes, it's gone through something similar, and we'll and we'll roll with it that way. So I think that's probably what I'm going to do for the just keep going as as best I can, really. Just yeah, keep... I mean that sounds so similar to what my objectives are. You know, yeah. we we have a segment, uh, we have shorter episodes in between our main episodes called Who Dis, which is a silly name. But... <laughs> no, I like that. Who Dis? <laughs> who Dis? New phone? Who Dis? Yeah, it came out of a silly place, but it's it's a it's I love it very dearly, and um. We get uh, listeners to write in with any experiences they have or oh, yeah. 
to send us anything that they've seen online and yeah. for us to sort of evaluate it. What was it? What do you think? Real, fake? What do you think? Yeah. So yeah. Um, absolutely, if I don't know if I can help you in any way or any of the people yeah. you know, but I absolutely love to talk to people and listen to them as well. You know, a lot of the times when I get listener encounters, same sort of thing. I'll be like, you know what? Uh, some, a lot of them are from America. And I'll be like, I've yeah. never, I don't know much about the Ozark howler, but <laughs> I'm yeah. going to do a lot of research. And, and I love yeah. doing research. I'm such a nerd like Dang. that. So I'll yeah. go deep Dang. and then I'll send you everything I can find. And, you know, we yeah. put it online, we share it with the community and I get some stuff back and, you know, I pass yeah. that along because sometimes, you know, you, if you have something weird that happened to you, just someone listening and not That's judging yeah, is it, it, fantastic. Like it doesn't even yeah. have to go online if someone Yeah, that's I'm saying. Not everything goes online. If you want to keep it private, but you need to speak to me, that's fine. Yeah. That is absolutely fine. I don't mind. Yeah. Um, I've had phone calls at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I, I understand that fear because I used to be as frightened. So I know what it's like. Mm. Um. And you've got grown men. I had a gentleman not too long ago, six foot seven, built like a Viking, big ginger Viking. And he said to me, Debbie, people come to me when there's trouble. And I sort it out. But mm-hmm. I am sat in my car and I cannot drive this down this road to go home. Okay. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And you have to say to him, right, breathe. You Just take a minute. Let's just get all that fear and put it to one side. And mm-hmm. I will talk to you all the way till you get home yeah well we have another lady in leicestershire she was with a sister in a car driving down the road she said she saw a gentleman cross the road with a pack of dogs and went into the woods hmm. and so obviously they stopped the car to let him pass and they're on the very narrow you know the farm roads so you, yes you've got to pull into the laybys kind of thing to so you can't turn the car around and go that way hmm. and she said we carry on a little bit further down the road so it was probably about 200 yards from where the man's walked in they're a little bit further down the road. And she said, I saw something emerge from the woods. And obviously the lights are on the car. It's night time. Mm. She said, and it looked at us. It just stood there and looked at us. And I was absolutely terrified. And she said, and the worst thing was, we had to drive past that way. We couldn't Ooh. turn the car around and go back. Yeah. We had to drive past where we'd seen it. It kind of crossed the road. She described it as almost hunched, like a hunchback. She said there was reflection from the eyes, mm. but there wasn't just one set of eyes. Hmm. There was eyes here, and she wondered if it was carrying something. Oh, the baby, yeah. Yeah, or food. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh. I, <laughs> I went in a very did, innocent place. I did the same as you. I thought maybe when he's gone in with the dogs, he's flushed something out, and she's picked up a young, and she's crossed the road and gone. So this poor girl, she's only in her 20s, young lass, got two kiddies, said to me, how do I walk the dog? What do I do now? Right. What do I do now? And I said to her, go back, get your iPhone, put me on the iPhone, I will talk you all the way around that wood, and if you can only go in three steps, well, today we'll do three steps, mm-hmm. and next Saturday we'll do four, mm-hmm. and the Saturday we'll do five, and then eventually you'll sit in that wood again with your kid and picnic, because that's what you need to do, and that's what yeah. we've done. And it's right. took about three years, but now she's fine. She's out and she's researching in her own right. Wow. 
didn't help the first time she went in there was a thunderstorm <laughs> in there about five seconds yes and there's this huge clap of thunder as you can imagine and she was off like a shot not an omen i swear it's not an <laughs> no. omen <laughs> no and i kept saying to her right you know obviously i can't control the weather but like let's try again next week and that's what we did in all honesty yeah and she's she, you know she still struggles with the sighting as we all do but she's now able to speak to other people and say no i'll come out with you uh, you know, I've been in that place that you're in now, and I promise you that you will come out the other side of it. Yeah. And you'll be able to see it from a different perspective, because I always say to them, break it down. Did it touch you? No. Did it try and get you? No. So the attack that you're reporting, why are you calling it attack? Because it was absolutely terrified. And I say, well, yes, yeah, so was I. But when you break down what it actually did, it didn't mm -hmm. come for you. It got itself away from you as quickly as it could. Yes. And yes, you may have been in danger because we can't account for what they are all like. But you walked away and you're absolutely fine. Mm. And you just let, need to let your brain realise that. Go through it and come out the other side. So it's a little bit like counselling, isn't it? Yes. You have to feel the feeling to come out the other side of it. So I do a lot of that as well. Wow. Um, yeah, just helping them because I know what it's like to be. I was absolutely terrified. I, I was absolutely, I, I say it all the time, and I don't think people realise how frightened I was. I didn't tell my first husband. Mm. Um, he was the father of my child, and I couldn't share it with him. Wow. Because I didn't, I knew that he wouldn't listen. He, mm. he, he had no understanding of any of it, and I just knew that he wouldn't. And my parents would bring it up on the odd occasion, and my mum always says, oh, Ah, Debbie and her eight man. It's just like, it's mm. nothing to them. And to me, it really means something. So when I met my husband that I'm married to now, it was freeing because when he was a young lad, he had an experience with the light in the sky and he missed some time. And he had three friends with him at the time when it happened. Right. So he knows what it's like to search for answers. Mm -hmm. And he knows what it's like to be frightened because mm -hmm. he's frightened that it's going to happen again to him at some point. Mm. So... He admitted to me what had happened to him, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to tell him. I'm just going to jump in with both of We were only courting at the time, we weren't married then. And I thought, he's either going to run in the opposite direction, <laughs> or he'll understand. And Soulmates. I, it came out. It just flooded out like an absolute, I couldn't stop. It just all come out. And he said to me, well, you need to decide then. You're either going to put it away forever, and we find a way of you not being scared, or... You, you find it, you find your answer, run at it like you do at everything else and just find your answer, Deborah. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. I've even found an hypnotist in the last month that I've been contacted because I want to be regressed. Mm. I want to go back to that day and see it without mm. running. Do you get what I mean? Like, um... I thought maybe that's the answer. I'm, I'm more than prepared to be filled. I said I don't mind being filled. I'm not bothered. So get under just, hypnosis and get asked questions and see what happens. Yeah, and just see if I can come out with any information that I didn't have and see if I can kind of make that fear even smaller for mm. me, if you get what I mean. Because it's there. It's always still there in the back of my mind. It was only two years ago that I would... I can't sleep with the window open at the back. Mm. Cannot, I can't. I just, I just can't because it, there's nothing out there at the back of me. There's a train track and then just fields and farms and woods. <laughs> So the idea of that being window being open while I am vulnerable and asleep yep. still niggles in my mind, even to this day. Mm. Can't really... There's an actual video of me two years ago, the first time I sat out in my back garden in the dark on my own. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I was 50 years of age and I didn't want to sit because it's just a dark black wood that you're looking at mm. and there's no 
street lights out the back. You can't see anything. So the idea of sitting out there comfortably was not for me. But I mean, I've managed it. It doesn't bother me at all now. It's okay. You know, it's just it's just to think it's that. I think it's this progression of every time I see somebody else get better and get back mm-hmm. out there, and mm-hmm. every time I get better and get back out there, I think this is doable, Deb. You can do this. You know, it's not science. You can you can get your head around it and just do what you do. And people yeah. either like you or they won't. You know, there's no control over that. <laughs> then they just do. So I finally started camping again. I've been able to get back out and start camping again, which is amazing. It's a big step, not, yeah. Yeah, I've not done that in so long. So in the last, probably last three or four months, we've been to as many sighting accounts places as we can find in our area of the UK. Yep. So we've been all over the northwest, And I found a strange coincidence, maybe, let's call it, okay. that all of the reports around the ancient sites, like the Beacon Hills, um, Longridge Fell, the old places where we built our barrows very, very early on, where these reports are happening hmm. so i'll go back now to box hill just to just to find out and see if i can find an area in box hill where there's been a standing stone a stone circle like a henge um anything that ancient man had something to do with hmm. and i'll see if it's there because it tends to pop up in all of the areas and i didn't yeah. realize that and people report dogmen in the uk so we get this yeah dog-like creature didn't I didn't really know very much about it, I'll be honest, but I knew the reports were coming in and yeah. nobody was taking them. So I decided that, well, I'd put them on the map anyway. And, oh, I got crucified for that. Oh, but this, yeah, yeah, I did. But they're still, they're still witnesses to something, aren't they? And their stories is, is just as important as mine. So I started looking at only the accounts that I've got. I've probably only got about 30 of them. But okay. I wanted to know if there's any correlation there with the ancient sites. And what I found was... The dog-like creatures seem to be found in areas that were ancient, maybe for religious purposes, that okay. have now been built upon hmm. or damaged in some way. And okay. our modern cemeteries. Yes, cemeteries. Absolutely. I've seen, I've, I've definitely heard that in America as well. Right, right. So, so, so have you heard that, like, dogman-like creatures around burial? Yeah, um, in, like, sem- like modern-day cemeteries, basically. There's a lot of sightings. Um, I think I've also on your map I read um, a specific dogman encounter which happened in a cemetery. Yeah, German cemetery. Yeah, Panic not too Chase. far from me. Yeah. yeah. Everybody so... knows the name Panic Chase. Um, we've oh. actually we applied under the Freedom of Information Act to see. They're very tricky in the UK. You can't say, "Have you ever had a report of a werewolf?" You have hmm. to break it down to a counter, and you have to give them a time. So you basically have to say. Was there a dogman report in 1969 on February the 2nd? Well, that's just impossible, isn't it? So we asked how many upright creatures had been reported in Stafford Chase to the police. Okay. And um, I should put printed the document. I'll send it over to you in uh, please, email. Yeah. You've still got it. And there was 12 werewolf reports. Whoa. 12 people had gone to the police and reported upright werewolves with snout ears on top of head the mm-hmm. whole nine yards um i think the cat wild cats were somewhere like fifteen thousand. it was unbelievable the amount of, honest to god so that's why i wanted to go down there i thought i want to go down and have a look there's, i think there's around about 22 ancient sites on the chase castle ring is a very old burial mound that's kind of central wow. and then so you've got this ancient burial mound to the south and to the north you've got um the new 
Commonwealth graves and the graves of the World War II graves there for the German cemetery there. And a number of people have reported, not together, separately over years, yeah. um, these kind of dogman type creature, this hunched thing. Because I would say to them, what did the face look like? Did it? Mm -hmm. Oh, it had a snout. It definitely had a snout. Right? I think, well, that's not that's not big enough for Bigfoot. So I need I say, where were the ears? Because on most people, when you ask your ears about Bigfoot, they say, oh, we never noticed. And I think they're like human, like, yeah. like ours. Yeah. But they'll say, oh, they were on top of head. And I think, well, that's, distinct. That, yeah, that's very distinctive. Did it have hands? No, it had definitely had paws. And it tends to rise from f four feet up to two or do the opposite, go from yeah. two feet down to four yeah. and then move off. But there are reports of the, like, the eight-man creatures doing that as well. But it was just with Canic Chase, I thought. It's a very central area in the UK. There's all these ancient sites there, and I think people go there because of this, and that's why there are so many reports. So there are being reported to the government. They're just not really being taken seriously yeah. by anyone. I think, as you said before, they think we're a bit kooky or with the tin app brigade, yeah. you know, tinfoil app brigade. But they're there. They've been reported to. So if that's just one counter in a ten-year period, mm. how many others across the UK have actually been reported that we don't know about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, it's just mind blowing. So I started looking at Ministry of Defence land. Okay, what's that? Well, the Ministry of Defence is like Britain's army. So okay. the Air Force, Navy. There's a lot of American naval bases over here, and American army bases. Oh, okay. So you're not allowed on Military of Defence land. It's not you're not allowed on there because it's owned by them. And in some areas where they do training and exercises, there will actually be explosives and things like that. Oh. So it's very, very dangerous to go on. Right. So they're fantastic. They, there's nobody ever on there. There's a, a multitude of food stuff on there. And there are reports from serving soldiers oh. that have seen these creatures. One very famous one is on Salisbury Plain, which is near Stonehenge, which you will okay. Yeah. And that's an entire army. Um, British Army that's on manoeuvres, just you know, exercises. Yeah. Colonel, I think he was a sergeant actually, reports this thing. He said it, it came out of the woods, it was completely all hair covered. He knocked so that the gunner would look at it, you know, get it in his sight so he'd get a really good look at it. They went mm -hmm. back and they reported it to the sergeant and he was told just basically laughed at. Right. And it stayed with him his entire life. And I was really lucky last year, I spoke to his granddaughter. And right. she said, it stayed with my granddad his entire life because he wasn't believed. Mm. And because he was military personnel, he would have been ridiculed by the newspapers. Mm. But there are so many other soldiers out there that have seen them on this military defence land. So it seems to be these areas of land that the public are not allowed upon. And soldiers are reporting these strange creatures. Now, there's another area called RAF Alkenborough, And it, it's where the British Army have the Air Force. Okay. And <clears throat> during the 1970s, the Americans had their naval uh, air force base there as well. So you've got lots of accounts in America of people talking about what they call the hard stand monster. And the hard stand is what the plane sits on. Okay, you know, right. Plane, what we call it tarmac or, you know, ah. the hard stand where the plane sits. So in the 70s, you've got military staff describe it as a standing wolf, an upright okay. standing wolf. And in every single report, they say it ran off to the north into the north woods. It ran off to the north to the north woods. Mm -hmm. So you got consistently all the way through up to the 2000s, different Air Force personnel that report seeing this standing wolf. Um, a security guard on the base reported it again. Um, that was in the 70s, I think. 
And when I looked at the North Woods, it's a nature reserve. Mm. And there's nature reserves all the way around it. And mm. you, so you're thinking, right, you've got this area of land that no humans allowed on. Yes. Which interconnects to all of these nature reserves where people are probably only in the daytime are there, you know. Yes. And then you just nip to the river and you can go where you want then. You can go up to the Pennines of Scotland or down south and hit the, the areas of natural beauty. And the military have started buying up pockets of land and posting them with the SSSI, which means a scientific, a special scientific area. So you can't, you can't go on them, can't build oh. on them, can't set your car on them. You need permission to go on them. So lots of people want to know if the government have any idea what's going on. Is it completely coincidental? Right. It's nothing to do with it and we're jumping at straws. Or is it this kind of, maybe that's a safe place for them because we're not there. Yeah. You know, we just don't know, do we? Something's being reported and something's being seen because over a 50-year period, you've got gentlemen who don't know each other. Mm-hmm. who live all across the world but served there at that time making mm-hmm. the same report mm-hmm. so what did they see yeah whoa that's awesome i mean i mean even if nothing comes of it that's really good for the pres- yeah. preservation yeah, <laughs> no one's there yeah, no one's yeah. dropping trash no one's exactly exactly knowing them like the, yeah like the go ape sensors have you heard about the go ape sensors in the woods no the, right the woodlands I'll tell you a funny story if if I don't take up too much of your time. The, no, this, the Woodland Trust own oh, an, an immense amount of land in the UK. It used to be because of the oak, because for the masts. You get what I mean? Um, Henry VII, most ships had to have these huge masts. So basically, the, far, the woods are looked after now, and they're owned by like Cambridge University, Oxford University, and places like that. So um, oh, remind me what I was talking about. I've lost my thread. Go ape. go ape so what they've done is they put these centers within them so you can go abseiling or uh-huh. kids can go climbing and think and people hate them they absolutely hate them oh but i say well they can't build on there can they oh in a way they are very good because they can't build on that land there's no houses going on there no Correct. council estates, you know, no no um, buildings or Aldi or Argos. Nobody's going to be on there. <laughs> and they only use them during the day. Hmm. So once five o'clock comes and they shut up, it's, a, it's an empty area again. And we, we just, um, we, I told you I had a meeting kind of chase. Well, sometimes when we have a meet, I only turn up for a couple of hours, say, on the Saturday. And mm-hmm. my husband gets a, the fire on and we all have a cup of tea. And I'll let them ask me anything that they want to ask me. But some of them will go on the Friday and camp out. So they'll cool. stay like overnight Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, and then they go home. Mm-hmm. So there was a gentleman down there, and I'm sure he won't mind me telling you, and he's, a, he's from Manchester like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we got a quiet moment during the day, he said to me, uh, I heard some really weird things last night, when, you know, when I was in my tent. But then I realised it was probably just the monkeys at the Go Ape Centre. <laughs> and I said to him, there are no monkeys at the Go Ape Centre. <laughs> His face changed so quickly. He said, well, what do they hear then? I said, oh, yeah. but they're not called go ape because there's apes in there. They're called go ape because you become the ape. You can climb and, you know, it's all safety. You're all tied onto the tree. He the look on his face when I said to him, there are no apes in Canic Chase, I'm afraid. Yeah, oh, he was absolutely That's petrified. fantastic. But the, see, in this last year, I did the same thing. It was really strange. He did the same thing. So I went down and met them with my friend. And there were lots of people there. I think it was the first one I'd ever done. And two guys camped out. <clears throat> and at the night time, about half past ten, 
he phoned me and said, right, that's enough, very funny, you know, um, but you're scaring me now, pack it in. So I've got my phone, I'm like, I'm at home in my bedroom, I'm not doing anything. He said, something oh screamed at, something screamed outside the tent. And I said, what? And he said, it sounded like a woman screaming right outside the tent. And they thought that I'd stayed there and waited four hours in the snow. And then come back out and get on ah, at the side of the tent. And you've got a hot gone. Come, I said, I got on the coach at quarter to five. Yeah, I was up <laughs> like seven o'clock. I'm in my bedroom, my jammies on. Honest. So there's two times where people have kicked out, stayed out over. And have experienced I know, I know. So we are going to do another one. And then um, when I was down there this time, talking about where the reports come from, me and my husband don't have any money, right? Sometimes we don't even have petrol money. We're absolutely, mm. we fund all this ourselves. We don't ever have any money. Mm. So when we stay anywhere, it's on the cheapest site we can find. And what mm. we found is a lot of farmers are quite prepared to let you keep on the field. Mm. And they just charge like eight pounds or something. So nice. we have like a teepee, a modern teepee, mm. because you can see to me care needs in it. Because it's so, you know what I mean? It's like seven foot yeah. And you can get a proper bed in it and everything. So we're glamping more than <laughs> So we, you go down there and normally you meet the farmer. The farmer will come out and say, right, the toilets are there. And, it, yeah. and on the back of my car, I have a sticker, which are available for sale, by the way. And it just <laughs> says on it, uh, BBR, Cryptid and Paranormal Investigations. Yeah. So he said to me, that's an interesting sticker. What's that about? So I said, oh, it's just what I do. I said, I'm meeting some people today. That's why I'm here early. I'm going to drive down to Cannock Chase and meet them. Now, you think, oh, we're in a place called Wolver in Wolverhampton okay. and I said to him there's been so many dogman accounts down here that I'm meeting a few people and what I tend to do is I print out every account that we have and I give it to them and I mark it on the map so if they cool. want to go and look at the area themselves they can on the day and he said to me it's funny you should say that <laughs> of course about four years ago on my land I saw a strange dog-like creature he said it crossed from the top paddock and across where we were camping in the valley and up the other end, he said, and it was incredibly big. It was the size of a horse, not a huge horse, like a pony, yeah. built like a pony. I had a face like a greyhound. He said, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. So I said to him, can we have your field for next year then? Can I bring as many of my members as I can fit on this field next year? And we can just have a camp out and a campfire. And he went, yeah, not a problem. Just call <laughs> me, Devon. So that's what we're going to do. Amazing. I will yeah. I will be there in a heartbeat. That that's sounds what I said. so good. Just you know, just I said, give us a day when you're not you're not gonna have anybody there, and it's you know no use to you whatsoever. And I'll get my members to come down, and we'll just have a camp. He went, oh, I'll sort you some wood out, and we'll have a cup of tea and stay overnight. And, you know, <laughs> so why not? Yeah. So I thought, oh, more of that. Let's have more of that. Yeah. Let's see. You know, I'll start getting all the farmers all over the country, and we'll have yeah. more of that. You know, I think people would be really interested in it. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people say, oh, I'm up for that, Debbie. If you can arrange it. Right. So, right. Yeah. We're just arranging a cup. We've got a conference in February and we've got a conference in March that I'll be speaking at. So I'm just oh. trying to get that sorted at the minute. So probably next month I'll get in touch with him. I'll find out a date so that everybody can say, oh, it's nine months away. I've got time mm. to take a day off work or whatever. I'm hoping we can do it on a weekend day. Yeah. <laughs> that would be better for people. But if not, if the only chance we get is, say, a Thursday or a Friday, then at least I'm giving people a very long notice so that you know yes. you can do something about it kind of yeah and every time we meet more and more people come amazing absolutely wonderful and then they all swap stories i don't yeah. tell anyone who's a witness <laughs> i just i say ask me anything you want to ask me and then you'll see them start to talk 
and they'll mm. say, well, this happened to me. And they'll say, well, actually, I'm the witness for Evesham. And then you see people go, oh, I've read your account. <laughs> and then, then it starts and the conversation starts rolling. Oh, that's so, that's so beautiful. I can't... <laughs> yeah. And then by the time I leave at five o'clock, they're all swapping numbers. And it's just, I said, get in the car and I say to Mark, that was worth it, wasn't it, love? And he says, yeah, it was. Dead. Yeah, it was. Mm. Yeah. And then, then he drives me home again. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah, so what's the conference about? I haven't, I haven't heard about that one. It's, um, it was that they actually at Buxton. I met people, went down and had a meeting in Buxton about four or five weeks ago um, because of one of the oldest accounts of a, a wild one in the UK that was actually reported by the police. Happened there in 1865. Okay. Yeah, so I'd actually got the photograph that the police had taken of the strange structure that they'd found. Ooh. And I was able to match it to structures that we've been found all across the UK. So I said to them, I can't tell you that a wildman's made it, but the police in, in Victorian England went out with the villagers and tried to capture this thing. Mm. Uh, so it's documented in police documents, which is fantastic for me. Mm. And the accounts there run up to this day. So I went down to meet them there. And I, so I do what I always do. I say, right, to the north, it was this account. Here's your sheet if you want to go out. And there was a gentleman there and he said to me, I like what you do because you don't stick to the cryptid subjects because you're prepared to talk about anything i said mm. i don't mind I, I want to learn and then he said there's no conferences like that is there and Not i said no, okay it's either cryptid <laughs> ufo paranormal and never the twain shall meet mm. let's do a day where we have a town hall meeting like finding bigfoot we say mm. to people have you had a strange experience regardless of what it is i'll speak on the cryptids you speak on your chosen subject. You speak about the UFO aspect of things. You speak about the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And let's get everybody together in one room because I'm noticing a, a very a crossover between all of them. There are similar things that are similar with each one of those witnesses. So they might not be a witness to the same thing, mm-hmm. but that you understand the other witness. Do you get what I mean? So Absolutely. let's get them all together in one room and we'll do that. Okay. And then I said, we can have a Q&A hour if people want to send, you know, give me questions beforehand. Anybody that wants to be part of it, just pop along. And it's impressive, actually, because it was the only place we could get a really cheap place. It's the first time, isn't it? So yeah. we've never done it before. And people have thrown themselves out. I've been so bowled over. People said, oh, I'll come and speak. Can I come and speak? So I'm having to put them in half an hour slots. <laughs> so they're going to speak for half an hour, do 15 minutes Q&A. Everybody get a cup of tea and then the next speaker will come on. Mm-hmm. And then that probably go until about eight o'clock. And I said to people, if you want to bring your books, if you want to bring your podcast merch, just bring all of that down and just get your name out there and let's start networking. Yeah. And let's see, out, you know, because you'll find guests for your show down there. Mm. You'll find new people who want to listen to it because they like the subjects that you talk about. And you'll find that some people say, that's not for me. And some yes. people say, oh, I absolutely love that. I'm all about that. What, I need yeah. more of that. And that's, I think that's all it is, really. So let's do a combined one. Like That sounds fantastic. Of, yeah. Yeah, instead of just cutting, let's, let's eat all the flavours and let's see, <laughs> you know, what works for everybody else. So that's basically what we're doing. So I'm not organising it. The Simon, the gentleman that I spoke to, is organising it for me. Um, I've just reached out to the speakers yeah. and said, will you take a chance on me? I can't pay you. <laughs> I just there's no money going to be made from it absolutely mm-hmm. not and if there was then I will I'll say right we'll, we'll split it if we you know we make 10 pound we'll split that 10 pound five yeah. ways if we have to just take a chance on me mm-hmm. because I am sure that we will fill that room 
Mm-hmm. And then let's take a chance on the next one. And eventually we will be able to say to speakers, we can pay you to come down. We can pay yeah. you to stay over. You've got to start somewhere, haven't you? So Absolutely. That's what I said to him. Let's just do that. And then another gent got in touch with me and said, I'm running a conference in Grimsby. And it is based around witnesses and witness accounts to whatever they saw. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, I'm all about that. And he says, will cool. you talk for me, Deb? And I said, yeah, not a problem. I can't stay over. I can't afford it. I said, but Mark will bring me down in the car. We'll do the talk. I'll get something to eat, and then Mark will bring me back home. So I'm going to do that as well. But I will. I'll, I'll make sure it goes out online, and people can find it really, yeah. really easily. I'll, I'll do. A, I'll probably do a video on YouTube about it, so they can find where they're going. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and just get as many people, and and then Scotland and Boxhill. Yeah. yeah fantastic. You know? Well, I mean, I'm sure you've got people lining up to help out, but if you want me to come along, if you want me to speak, I'm absolutely happy to. I'll come along and record. I'll put it out to the community. Oh, that's fantastic. That, is that sounds great. Fantastic. I, I did say, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could find a way of people that can't make it yes. would actually still watch it on the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, yeah. that is absolutely fantastic. I will take you up on that offer now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, but just send me the great, details. It would just to be able to get to the people because. We have a lot of disabled people as well. Really yeah, yeah. Disabled. And also different mediums. Different communities are on different platforms. Yeah. You know, there's a community on YouTube who is absolutely not on the community that's on podcasts yeah, in the podcast exactly plan yeah. and vice yeah. versa. So I've found that, you yeah. know, I've got my specific community is very, you know, it's podcast based. They're yeah. on Spotify. They're on yeah, Google exactly Play that, yeah. and all that. But um, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And um, coming oh, from probably. Australia, there's not, there's not, really that there's no events or anything in yeah. Australia so uh, it's very well, exciting to get here we've got people coming from Spain just to visit on their day some of the European witnesses are going to come over whether they'll mm-hmm. speak or not I don't know but just for them to be there I think yeah would be amazing um Natalia I met Natalia through just through the meetings and meeting up with people mm. she's found a wealth of reports in Romania Slovakia all cool. the Baltic countries at the bottom. She's collected them for me. Ah. So she's, she said, I want to just send them over to you, Deb, and then you can put them out on your channel because she's a little bit shy. And I said to her, eventually, you'll be putting them out on your own channel. Yeah, yeah, you know? you're a girl. <laughs> and then I said, will you translate mine? The ones that I've done, will you translate them? She went, yeah, not a problem. Oh, that's I awesome. said, well, that'd be amazing because then we'd probably find some more witnesses because nobody ever thinks of Sweden. Or, it's not the first thing you jump to when you think mm-hmm. of Bigfoot, is it? But they are reporting them, mm-hmm. and it's genuinely ordinary people. And you think in Sweden, they live the nearest. It's very like Australia and all that Your nearest neighbour could be a few hours away. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So they are in these isolated areas where we would be expecting mm-hmm. a creature to be. So no wonder they're making the reports. It's just that no one's collecting them. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, I saw something in Germany. I'm not interested. Is it, if it's not Washington State or Oregon, I don't want to know. I say, I'm interested. You tell me everything. What was you doing before? And what happened during? What happened after? And they go, whew, <laughs> crazy lady. And then, no, I say, no, these other people, they tend to report them as Neanderthals. Yes. And I just think that's due to um, translation. I think they're trying to explain it. It looks like a caveman. And the world Neanderthal pops up on Google for them. Absolutely. So they, they get reported as Neanderthal reports, but there's hundreds of them. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And I'd, I'd, I would love to get all those people involved. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Mm. I just came back from Romania, actually. I celebrated <gasps> my birthday there. <laughs> you lucky soul. Was you 21? <laughs> uh, no. I, 
I was 26, actually. Um, <laughs> I went to the Hoya Bachu Forest, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> what did you feel like? It was actually because I um I've never had a cryptid sighting myself. I've been out. I've seen some footprints. I've seen some bush rustling, but I've never seen a cryptid. But I definitely had some more spiritual, paranormal experiences yeah. growing up. Uh, figures at the end of the bed, yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, so I've always been quite um hesitant to go yeah. anywhere spooky ghosty because yeah. i feel like i'm a bit sensitive to it yeah, as silly as that sounds up. no no i i agree same exactly the same for me exactly i'd much rather my monsters is flesh and blood so yeah. i can run away from it <laughs> <laughs> and it won't follow me home yeah um, same. but i thought i feel like, like i've grown a lot in this last year and i've feeling a bit more comfortable around it and i thought you yeah. know what it's my birthday it's actually on friday the 13th of september spooky day Oh, that's so nice. Mm. Um, and so I went to the forest and I just thought, you know, what? I'm going to spend the whole night there until I am, can't open my eyes and I'm so tired. Wow. But it was actually very chill, very yeah. relaxing. Um, obviously, there's a lot of lights, reporting of lights yeah. there, of voices. Um, and there were some lights and then I was like, okay, that looks weird. And you realize you can see uh, Cluj Napoca is the closest mm -hmm. city. You can see it through the forest. Every now yeah. and then you'll get the sparkling of the yeah. city. And you're like, hey, that's yeah, that could be maybe it. something mm -hmm. going on there. But very, very relaxing, <laughs> surprisingly. So I think it was. It could have just been the night. Could have just been me. But um, mm -hmm. oh, I would absolutely love to go back. I didn't, yeah. but nothing weird there. Just a really nice time <laughs> being <laughs> a complete. <laughs> you, you said yourself that you saw things many of the witnesses say that I, I wait until they're very comfortable with me and then mm. I say has anything ever happened before in your past mm. and I tend to find that the same with the abductees figures at the end of the bed strange dark quick figures out the corner of your eye that you can't catch yeah for me it can be there I can open my eyes and it's there I've had that too yeah it's terrifying absolutely, absolutely horrifying terrifying. Yeah. So very similar kind of backgrounds and other people say, no, I'm sensitive or no, I'm a medium. And I say, I've started saying to people now, which one is it? Are you very good with animals? Are you sensitive? Do you work with energy? Or do you do like crystals and dousing? And it tends to be one or the other. And I think, and I'm just going to put that out there, this out there and say it, maybe some of these sightings are not accidental. Mm -hmm. It might be that because your brain works a little bit differently, you might be picking up on something that your average normal human is not mm. picking up on. So when you get that gut feeling to remove yourself from an area, yeah, I call that my animal brain. That's the bit of my brain that kept me alive when it was a exactly you know, back then. And if it says to me, move, get out of this area now, then yeah. listen to it and get yourself out of there. Yeah. You tend to find that they do have, they'll have had paranormal encounters or they'll have seen lights or something like that in the back. So it mm. could be that they're very open-minded. Mm -hmm. You know, it could just be that they, they're quite open to things that are, you know, not your, your average kind of thing. But, yeah, you tend to find that. And I think that yeah. was one of the reasons where I've said to a few people, I am noticing a pattern in the people that are, being, that are seeing them. Mm -hmm. And I really want to explore that and see, is it the person themselves yeah. that, A, attracts the cryptid, cryptid mm. or, B, can pick up on them in some way, you know, like yeah. kind of, Thing. So that's something I'm, I'm working on about 500 things at the moment, but that is, 
it's on the Do list. You know, like you get hints, like you, you you get little hints, and the yeah. universe gives me hints and nudges. You see, I'll see something, and I'll see it over and over and over again. I yeah. think, right, Debbie, you need to take notice of that. Yeah. So that's one of the hints that I'm getting consistently is that these witnesses, when I speak to them, I can pick up on it now instantly in the phone call, and I think <laughs> this is going to be another one. This is going to be another gent who says to me, "Well, actually, when I was yeah. younger, I did see dark." things and things mm-hmm. like that i don't know the reason for it megan but there de- the definitely is that there is that yeah. there, so i'm really interested in that kind yeah. of uh, side of things and yeah that gut feeling is so interesting what you're talking yeah. about because uh, although i didn't feel it in you know europe's yeah. most haunted forest i actually felt that at box hill yeah. when i was there i was um and i mean in the case of romania i was not by myself i was with um mm. i was with one other person and in Box Hill, I was by myself. And I don't know if that has something to do with it, but I felt that sort of like, eek, I do yeah. not want to be here yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, even no. though I'm like, no, no, film it, take photos, listen, everything else with me was saying, yeah, go, run. Go. Yeah, so run. Same. I was like that kind of chase. As soon as I got out of the car, I thought, oh, no. Oh, no, I don't <laughs> want to so put weird. my feet on that ground. It is really weird, isn't it? And there was and actually a lady, there's a lady stood next to me, Linda, and she said, I think she could see me starting to panic. Right. And she said to me, take a minute. And I said, no, it's not me. It's this place. It's yeah. Something about this place. It's really, I couldn't catch my breath. I felt like someone had the hand like that the entire time I was yeah. there. And I was yeah. trying so hard to relax because it was uh-huh. lovely. And I did forget about it. But what creeped me out was, I'll be honest, we were right next to the cafe. There were people everywhere. It was a really yeah. hot summer's day. So there was people playing football. They had the barbecues out. It was really lovely. Families everywhere. And we were not in a deep bit of the forest by any means at all. Because I can't walk far. We were probably only about 20 feet from the cars. Mm-hmm. And I kept seeing two ladies on that side of me looking over my shoulder. And then, But they weren't doing it together. They were doing it separately. So I presumed people were walking behind me. And then one of them, about an hour in, turned to the other one and said, did you see that then? And she went, yeah, but it's got to be a person, that's it. And I just looked at me and she said, something keeps skirting around the back. Well, it probably was a person, right. but it was just strange how they both picked up on it at the same time. And I thought, they're seeing something there and they're not saying what mm. they're seeing. And I, I thought, I'm just going to have a conversation. So I had like half an ear on what they were talking yeah. about while they were talking. <laughs> and she said, it's so easy that something could be moving around us and you just miss, you just dismiss it. Like, yeah. You know, oh, it's nothing. She said, but I keep catching it out of the corner of my eye. And mm. it was that what got me interested. And I said, are you seeing it full on? She went, no, it's always out the corner of my eye and I just can't catch it properly. And then the other lady said, yeah, it's the same for me. So I just thought maybe they're sensitive and they've just not said, you know, right. that they're sensitive, but they seem to be picking up on something at the time. It's just a strange coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's something about that place. It's, I don't know, something it intrigues me and it scares me at the same time. Yeah. It feels very, very ancient, whatever it is. Yeah. Feels, And I don't know if it's just like a respect because you're in an area that's, must have been at one point very important to us or we would not have built that ring um and they reckon that they've been people down there since i think it's 49 ad something like i'll double check on it but it's oh it's about 800 years ago where the first reports of these like hairy men were starting to be written down so what have they seen what is it that set that tail off scotland's a good example of that there's an old text uh, when the Gauls came over, around about the 4th century, they tried to take over Scotland, and probably it was called Burnium then, so we're looking at like the Weem area, Aberfeldy, mm. um, along the Tay River. 
Okay. So the, she's, the girls come over and they're obviously the journaling as we're there because, you know, all generals had a journal. They had a, a, a scholar, didn't they, that journal. Mm-hmm. And it says in it that they couldn't take Bernie because of the satirists that were described as hairy ape men that stole fish from nets, would take maidens from the oh. village for their own, and were only scared of fire. Ah. And it's actually written in this text, and it speaks about the the girl trying to set fire to the fields to keep these satrists away. But eventually everything's burned, and right. they just wait for it to go out, and then they cross the field and <laughs> take the sheep and the fish again. I mean, not the best plan. <laughs> not the best plan, but... So they actually went back to Dundee and said, we cannot take over that land. And they went back to go. Wow. So why is that not in my history at school? Yeah. Why do I not know this? And the, the, the reports are still coming out of that area to this day. And you think, have they always been there? Have we always known about them? I and mean, they've just been whitewashed out of history, for, mm. for, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. But there's something about the very old ancient places that seem to have an effect on cryptids in one in one sense of the mm. word that you seem to notice in there more than in, in, in other places. And I don't know if it's just because it's out in the wilds. It could just be that. Yeah. It could be me reading too much into it. But they just seem to be a pattern of type. Mm. Um, and when you look at the area, if I was wild, that's where I would be. You've got the salmon running. You've got deer. You've got four species of deer up there. Um mm. There's so much food up there, so much cover. Not so much in the forestry areas where they're cutting for the logging. You've got to find now mixed wood. It's really hard to find a mixed wood in Scotland. But the the land is that ancient. That I just wonder if it's something to do with that. I don't know. Um, I really mm. don't know. Maybe one day I'll know. But for now, I don't. I'm not going to clue. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Oh, no, I mean, I, I won't hold you up much longer if you have to run off or anything like that. I'm going to get a cup of tea in a minute. I'm absolutely, I might have to make my, oh, it's 20 to 5. I didn't realise we'd be Yeah, we just have to have the best time. <laughs> well, we can, we can always chat again. I am yeah, I'll, I'll leave you to it and, um, and uh, I'm sure we can chat again. Send me through um, details of the, the event and the do. membership. I'll send uh, I, I'd love to be involved. Can you give me the name of your podcast and a link to it in email yeah, absolutely. and I'll make sure that I include it in the video so people can find you? Certainly, certainly. I do warn you, it is um, it is Australian humour. I have been told it can be a bit crass. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> there, is, there is some swearing. <laughs> oh, do you know, I absolutely, I've got to be honest, I like, I do like the Australians and the New Zealand because they just say how it is. There's no messing about, they just say it and it's, you know, and you just think, well, I can work with that. I can work with that all day long, you know. Yeah, yeah. British humour's not that great either, I don't think. I don't think we go down very well in uh, America. I've cracked some jokes when I've been on podcasts and we've just gone right over <laughs> Yeah, I've had to keep, I've had to readdress how my, my jokes land in, the, in this culture. <laughs> I have to relearn oh, how to be well, funny. <laughs> oh, it's been absolutely fantastic meeting you. It really, really yeah. has. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I will definitely send all that over. And um, if anyone's listening out there, you will find the link to Megan's podcast in the description below. And if you can't find it, just email me and I'll send it over to you. Yes. All right. And everyone listening from my side, I will share all of um, Debbie's links and important things. So you can find that on our Facebook and on our website. Oh, okay. So thank you very much, sweetheart. It's been absolutely wonderful. That's so good. I'm sure I'll talk to you again. Yeah, I'll speak soon. Enjoy your tea. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.